Hello, and welcome to a wonderful, extra special, first episode back of the year 2021 episode of Norm DFM. I am one of your co-hosts, Eric Van Allen, Kenneth Shepard. How are you doing? How are your holidays? They were perfectly adequate. That they were. They were just, they were completely average. <laughs> uh, much like the days we've had inside, but... We do have something that's a little unlike what we've been doing. Uh, those those uh, who have been listening in the past will know uh, that this season we are bringing on a semi-permanent, I don't know, what, what are we calling this? Like a temporary permanent, on for the whole season, uh, third chair, Kihun Chan, how are you doing today? Hello, I'm good, and it's close to midnight where I am right now, so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think when we were trying to plan this out, we were like, oh, the time difference means that pretty much no matter what, one, like, Ken and I will be waking up at one time of day, and Kihun will be waking up at the other time of day, so somebody's gotta wake up, at, wake up, uh, somebody's gotta be recording, li- like, really late at night, and somebody's gotta be recording really early in the morning, and I think it was just a coin flip on which one it came down to. Yeah, but... Um, I will probably, I will probably like prefer like like for me, I'm 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 a night owl, so mm. nighttime recordings are usually like it, it works much better for me. Mm. Yeah. Let's see, I'm nocturnal, so this is totally normal for me. Mm. I totally knew that there were hours in the morning that were like this. Did you know that the sun's out in the morning? It's wild. It's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> um, Kihun is is stepping on as our. Uh, third chair for Jade Empire. We are so excited to have you on. It's it's something that uh, I I think is going to really add to the podcast for the season. Um, for the listeners at home, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Your kind of what kind of work you're known for, and also what your relationship with Jade Empire kind of is coming into this. Well, that is that is a lot. Um, I mean, <laughs> I mean, like, like, like both of you guys. I'm, I'm, I'm also like a freelance uh, journalist, I guess. Uh, mm-hmm. I re- I've, I've, I've written about games for about, I, I guess, about four years now. Um, yeah, I, I guess a lot of people know, might have heard of me from my uh, coverage of the Taiwanese game um, Devotion because I've mm-hmm. I've written a lot about that game and um, yeah and I, I, I last year I think um, mid last year if I remember correctly I, I've even done a, a, pro- a profile piece uh, on the studio that made the game so I think a lot of people just kind of know me based on my coverage for the game but um as for Jade Empire, I have I've actually not I've heard of the game before, but I've actually not mm. played the game when it was released. Um, I mean I've played other um, Bioware games before, but Jade Empire, no, not really. So, like, when I'm invited to do this podcast, um, this is this is this is really pretty much like my first contact with the game. Yeah. Right. That's excellent, because I'm the same way. This is my first time ever playing Jade Empire. Yeah. Uh, I think Ken is just the one who's kind of going to shepherd us through. Ah, <laughs> Ken <laughs> shepherd us through. Ah, I didn't even mean to do that. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
Ken's going to be the one who kind of guides us through it. Because, yeah, <laughs> I, I feel like this one, Jade Empire, is, is so weird because I'm so used to expecting a thing from Bioware. You know, I, I like booted up and I was like, oh, it's probably going to play like Mass Effect or... or not even Mass Effect, probably closer to Dragon Age, like original Dragon Age, because this was closer to like Origins time. And I think like the closest reference I have for what this game is is Kotor. Yes, um, exactly. The, the like yeah. maybe maybe hour or so I've played of Knights of the Old Republic. Mm. Um and even but even then, this game is also just weirdly action oriented in a mm-hmm. way i totally did not expect the, the way people talked about it they were always like oh it's it's an rpg it's an rpg with like very obvious martial arts leanings um like like wuja films like ideals and uh very much like taking on that sort of thing and i'm just playing through it and i'm like this feels so bizarre to play in 2021. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> there's so many systems here that feel like they've been changed and altered by other games in years since. Yeah, it it, it feels like a it, it feels like a reskin version of Kotor actually, like mm. that you can really see the similarities and like that for for Bioware games, I I mostly played a Massive and Kotor, so like when mm. I just got started on Jade Empire. I was like, this is this is pretty much like a Chinese version of, of Star Wars. To be honest, they even have like the whole chi thing, which right. which is basically like the whole force. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's really similar. I, I'm not so sure. Um, um, which one came first? though? was 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 um Jade Empire released first before the first Kotor game, or is it the other way around? I think uh, Kotor came. Yeah, Kotor first. Kotor came. I think two years prior. Ah, uh, okay. Definitely building off a lot of those systems. Yeah. Ken, you you have familiarity with Jade Empire. What was your kind of history coming into this, the the beginning of the Jade Empire season for Norm BFM? Right. So the interesting thing is, I, I guess I'm most, like, through doing the show and just, like, things I've written about Mass Effect is, like, the thing that maybe more people associate my Bioware-adjacent work with. But Jade Empire was actually kind of, like, the first... Bioware game that I really got into at when it came out, because um, I, I I did play Kotor, but I don't like Star Wars like by nature. I did not like that game, or didn't care for it. I'm sure if I played it now, I maybe I'd find things to appreciate it about it. But um, I was also that that was you know 15 years ago, so I was a much I was very young and like uh, didn't critically think about a lot of things. So I had like a strong affinity for Jade Empire at the time, but it has been so long. Like, I guess 15 years is when I start to forget things, because I don't remember a whole lot about Jade Empire. Like, there are parts of things... Like, there are very specific moments that I remember very distinctly that were interesting to, like, be playing the game now, like, kind of at least remembering those specific moments that uh, make some of, the, like, the early things that happened kind of questionable to me, and I'm interested to see if maybe, like, my memory is just kind of faded of those things, and maybe it'll all kind of tie itself together better as we move on but uh, just like looking forward at what I know is going to happen um, it's very interesting to play again and uh, see if certain parts of it hold up yeah because this one like Jade Empire has always felt like it's this weird outlier I was doing before we got on to record um, this morning I was kind of looking around because I was like you know was there a lot of critical discussion 
of Jade Empire either at the time or nowadays, and it's surprisingly lacking, but a lot of them note that this is just a weird outlier in Bioware's mm. entire catalog. You know, in fr- going from, like, Star Wars, people always associate with, like, okay, they went Star Wars, and, and then they went Mass Effect. But, like, there's this diversion into all this stuff that I think ends up making for a really interesting look at, like you said, what Bioware does, because I think they're, like, traces of like what you would call classic bioware in here and and part of that starts and i wanted to like start our discussion of this first section of the game with what is going to essentially be paragon renegade throughout our playthroughs uh which is open palm closed fist um the the idea of this game is that there are basically two paths that you can walk and you can either walk the way of the open palm which is helping others and doing things selflessly and there's the closed fist which is acting more selfishly and trying to be the person that like works for themselves and not for others and there's a character early on in the game who kind of like breaks it down and explains it to you but it's so i don't know if i like the the setup here, Ken. I don't know if mm. I <laughs> if I like it. Keen, what did you think of the the kind of open palm closed fist stuff? I mean, at the beginning, like 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 you said, it's it's very much like following the the, the light side or the dark side in Quathor. It's it's mm. essentially mm. the same thing. It's I mean, morality when it comes to 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 at least like Quathor and even Mass Effect was it, it is a very like you're either good or or bad that kind of thing. And um, it's very simplistic, so right. it is it is not exactly very nuanced. Um, yeah. And of course, you can even tell from the dialogue. You you can even say really ridiculous things like "I'm just going to punch you because I like it," you know that kind of right. stuff. So yeah, right. there yeah. there is there is no nuance. Like you know that obviously this is a bad thing to say, even though like in real life, I don't think anybody would say that. Like, mm. Nobody would say things like "Oh, I'm a bad person. I'm going to kill you." Yeah, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. it is. It is not the. It, it, it is not the most uh, nuanced uh, morality system. Right. Yeah. yeah I, I I feel kind of weird because like th- there's a character that you meet very early on. Um, uh, what, what I had to think here somewhere. Or I thought it's I did. Gate. Are you talking about uh, Stone Mountain? Yeah, Stone Mountain. Or, um, and is it Stone he, Mountain or you have a Smiling Mountain? I smiling thought it was Mountain. Stone Mountain. Oh, okay, Smiling Mountain. Yeah, it was, I was, it was something Mountain. He kind of like tries to give you the uh, kind of lowdown on what those mean and like the sort of nuance that the game claims to have. Like it kind of because I, I feel like like Mass Effect had a very, like had a binary morality system, but there were like instances of gray within Paragon and Renegade that made going one way or the other feel like like in, in some cases like feel justified and like there was like a, a sort of way of thinking that could lead you to either uh either path and i think they tried to um do that in jade empire but i just up to the point that we've gotten which is roughly like an hour half two hours of the game um i i haven't seen a lot of a uh, closed fist uh dialogue that has felt nuanced it's felt a lot like a spoiled brat upset about things that I don't really know yeah. why. And so, like, y- you kind of get the, the hints of things that they were going to eventually kind of nail down in Mass Effect with Paragon and Renegade, where they want to have something that, like, you feel kind of justified in a- any direction you go, where I just don't feel like so far we've really seen anything that, like, 
you know, it, it's more like open palm feels like a very sensible person just having a conversation where close fist is an angry, petulant child that wants to kick up dust because they can. And when you got everyone telling you that you're the special person and you're going to do great things, like you kind of feel maybe like you're allowed to do that. And like, that feels maybe in line with your character at that point. But even at this point, I didn't really ever get, or at least not for a little bit, you're, you're told that you're special and you should be allowed to make dialogue choices like that. Yeah. And it'd be fine. And I'm just like, I, it, it takes a long time to get to the point where it explains why anyone should care about you, why you should care about anything. And so mm-hmm. even like, like divorced from that context, like a lot of these dialogue options feel very petty and I hope that, that gets better. But like that, that is one of the things where I was saying like, the sort of, like, the nuance that they're trying to portray there doesn't add up with things that I know are going to happen later in this game, so, you know, we'll cross that bridge when we get to it, but at at the outset, it, it felt very, uh, very binary and not nuanced at all, but even though they were trying to go for that, like, they explain in the text that they are trying to go for something more nuanced than I think they ever actually deliver on. I think there, there are two things that feel intrinsically tied to how I've felt so far about this system, and one is, once again, for the, for the fans at home, I'm going to reference Baldur's Gate 3. But <laughs> for, for the one fan we have who really wants us to play Baldur's Gate 3, this is a shout out to you. Um, it's I was thinking about that game because uh, there was a lot of talk in it about, you know, D&D has a very set morality system and that's got the good neutral... Uh, evil mm-hmm. and then it has like chaotic neutral and um the thing i suddenly can't think of true i think whatever the, the one the one on the right it's like it's a square three by three square um and Baldur's gate three has companions that kind of fit into those squares and i think even if you go play dragon age if i went back and played origins i could probably after another playthrough just sit there and drop characters into each one of those as well but um parts of this game definitely feel like they're still stuck in that mindset that idea of like you're good or evil you know you do good things or you do bad things and if you're doing good things you're like excessively helpful you know you're not uh asking for compensation for a good deed that you've done or something like that but flip side if you're evil you're just like oh you're super evil you're you're just Mm -hmm. punching people for no reason you just want to fight and this is where i kind of roll into the other thing that i'm going to have just intrinsically linked to this game because i started watching it right as i started playing this game is the now netflix series cobra kai (laughs) um because i was like oh man i want to watch something with martial arts in it maybe i'll watch this cobra kai thing and um the dynamic they set up there feels like what this was supposed to be with one character who is very much like i'm going to do good things but their desire to do good ends up resulting in doing bad you know like that's kind of the thing that smiling mountain sets out from the outside is that like oh if you are helpful you can be good but if you are too good and you end up becoming an oppressor because of it, that might turn into tyranny. So it's open palm is not the easiest path to walk. And then on the flip side, evil can be bad, but selfishness 
even arrogance pride is not inherently evil it just Mm. is a matter of quantity it's a matter of where do you draw the line between confidence and arrogance um and yeah i just came away from it wishing that it was somewhere closer to that somehow cobra kai has a more nuanced take on good versus evil (laughs) than jade empire does so far I think um, um, this this kind of reminded me of um, this, this, there's this one uh, scene or one uh, one scene in quarter two I think I think it's the mm-hmm. it's, it's the one with uh, I can't remember the the name of the gray Jedi your mentor Kiara oh, or something yes. yeah 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 she oh. there, there there was this quest where you you you're basically like like when I was playing that game um, I just realized that nothing I can do makes her happy but. Uh, mm. there that specific quest was about like you know th- there is this person who's getting robbed I think, and then you know if you're a good person you can go and help them and then you know get rid of the the, the robber and whatever and if you're a bad person you can just stand there and laugh, but whatever you do whatever what whatever you 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 choose to do, um if you do if you do the good thing by by chasing the 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 the, the, the robber away, um, Kiara Kiara is that her name I can't remember. Yeah, I think so. I'm all, yeah, I'll look it up I I, I can't rem- I can't quite remember what her name is, but basically she 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 will basically tell you off by saying that you know you know by doing this good thing you are basically leaving the victim, uh, so to speak, uh, like he doesn't learn a lesson from this. He doesn't learn how mm. to defend himself. So in a way, you're doing something terrible. But then you know if you if you if you take the the, the renegade road, so to speak, and um and um and and just leave him to to suffer on his own, she will tell you off as well by saying that, you know, by by, by mm. leaving him alone, you you kind of don't give him the opportunity to to see another day. I think the guy died in the end. So right. that was pretty cool, I guess. But so far from, like, my playthrough of J Empire, I don't see anything, like, like even close to, to this, this kind of nuance. I don't think that was a very nuanced example, but... Jet Empire to me, when it comes to the whole morality thing, it's it's really very simplistic to me. Right. Yeah. And so now we're going to start to get into stuff that's like, you know, we're covering chapter one today. And I think the other thing, Ken, you mentioned it earlier, um, is that this game feels very both heavy in exposition in some parts and like very light in exposition in other parts. And I feel like that is obviously by design as we get further into the story. But um, it feels super weird having a character creator, but not really a character creator. Essentially, you just have presets of like these, I think it's six characters um, Mm. who have different kind of fighting styles and stuff. And you can change their name and I think you can fudge their stats if you want. But mostly you're just kind of choosing from one of these set fighters um, how you want to, to look and uh, I ended up going with Wu, um, who's kind of the base balanced female character. Um, Ken, who do you end up picking? Uh, I picked uh, Monk Zung, who was uh, the DLC character that I used back in the day. So I was like, I have an affinity for this character. Like my what what memories I still have of Jade Empire, he is the one that I have them for. So I went with him, and he's more of the uh, he's a more magic based character, um, which is fine by me because that's usually what i go for in fantasy settings uh key who did you end up choosing to to play as 
I'm not so sure what their name is, but because I changed, I changed my name. But <laughs> mm. Uh, mm. my mind was definitely the, the the more agile character, the the one that just you know like you, you dodge, you you're, you're more agile basically, the 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 right. one that is somewhere mm. in the middle. Gotcha. Yeah, it's it feels kind of weird because I feel like the the beginning of this game. Also, Ken, I like that you mentioned the white button because this was an Xbox game. Yeah, um, I'm playing this on PC. And if you have a controller plugged in, I'm assuming if I was using the keyboard, it would give me like keyboard prompts, but I have my DualShock plugged in and it just tells me buttons. It's like, and not even button symbols. It's just like button two, button four, mm. button 14. And I'm like, I don't know what button 14 is. <laughs> so I'm hitting all the buttons trying to make it do the thing I wanted to do. I have eventually figured it out, even though I have to use square to confirm things for some reason, which is really strange, but mm. we'll get used to that eventually, I guess. Um, we, we kind of start the story with this training mission with... Um, with one of the students at the school and we're taught immediately like hey here's combat this is how you do combat and i feel like that's very much bioware going like hey this is this is the thing we're doing that's cool this is the reason why you should play this game is we're doing some martial arts here it's real-time combat and you can do flips i don't know how many times i've flipped over people's heads already <laughs> i just keep doing it because it looks cool it's mm-hmm. It's not as good as Assassin's Creed. Like, Assassin's Creed has a really good flip over somebody's head animation. But this is, like, really... From the outset, I feel like they set it up to be, like, we are doing this martial arts, like, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, like, over-the-top wire stuff um, where people are just flying through the air and dodging. and But it also feels really... like It feels like Mass Effect 1 in the way that, like, if you play Mass Effect 1 after playing modern cover shooters, you're like, oh, wow, have they ever played a modern cover shooter? This feels mm. really, really messy. And then, obviously, they get to Mass Effect 2. It's like, okay, this feels more like what a modern cover shooter is supposed to feel like. I feel the same way here with Jade Empire, where I'm like, have have they played Dark Souls? Have they played Assassin's Creed? And I'm like, oh, wait, those games did not exist <laughs> this right. time. Um how how are y'all enjoying the combat? Do you feel like the combat... I, I feel like I understand the idea and even appreciate the things they're going for in this, but in a modern playing, it's really hard to enjoy it. Mm-hmm. And I'm honestly not enjoying it. Mm. Um, I, I Honestly, I think the combat is... Um, I, I, I find it a little bit hard to, to get into, but mm. um, as 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 I went through the you know the game, it I, I kind of got the hang of it. So to me, it's 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 the, the whole game definitely feels a bit dated. Like you can tell it's an old game, definitely. Mm-hmm. But sure. the combat doesn't really uh, it doesn't really bother me that much. And honestly, like <laughs> I just stick to like one style of like fighting like all the time so it's yeah. just like hang 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 and i'm done <laughs> yeah 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 so it's it very simple like i think that is something mm-hmm. that's that it, even back in the day like it was it felt very kind of like i i hesitate to call it bare bones because like there are a lot of systems at play here but a lot of it comes down to like rock paper scissors kind of like interactions yes. and yeah. 
like each fighting style has like literally one combo that you can do. Where like you know there are these little nuances to each thing. Like if you say like you have a weapon based style uh, equipped at the, that point, you lose stamina from that. Like cause it requires more stamina to do that. Um, and then like there's you know there are magic based things. Like you you could have a self heal. Like there are a lot of uh, different things going on that you have to pay attention to. That I think at least give it like a sense of. Um, I don't feel like I'm necessarily breezing through every combat encounter, but I'm definitely like it's it's hardly tr- strategic because like you have. You, like, again, you have one combo, you have a heavy attack, and that's basically it. And uh, I think that was something that was something people acknowledged even back in the day, was that, like, despite all, all of the, uh, the systems at play and, like, the various styles you can have, each of them feels very limited in terms of, like, how different they are. Like, it, it mainly comes down to, like, the range of your abilities and the uh, aspects of it that are different from each other, like, whether you're doing a magic or weapon or, like, you know, hand-to-hand... Uh, combat based style so I don't so I think yes like it is very much dated but I feel like that was it people were aware that like compare like even you know this is like might not be like a particularly fair comparison but like even games like with as complex of like combat systems like action combat systems like Devil May Cry were happening back then so like when you have something that is relatively bare bones compared to like you know the greats of that era uh, I think mm-hmm. even then it was just uh, not that impressive yeah, I feel like my closest reference point here would be something like a Tales of game within that time frame. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just feel like that was doing a better job of, hey, here's an action system, but we're going to incorporate the idea that you have different, in Tales they're called arts, and, and you mm-hmm. have different arts that you can use. And like you said, over the course of even just this first chapter, we're going to get introduced to, okay, we have two different styles. For me, I have... One that's kind of a faster damaging style, another that's slower but can put status effects on the enemy. Basically, I can like slow them down and stuff. Um, And then eventually we will get a weapon style and also a magical fighting style. And that kind of feels like they're establishing here are the three different things that you're going to be doing. You know, you're going to be doing melee combat or you're going to be doing weapon combat or you're going to be doing magical combat. And then here are the situations. I feel like there's an interesting foundation for something here, but it just kind of falls prey to being a product of its time. Uh, right. You know, it's, um, we also just kind of get introduced to the characters at this point. So we have a lot of people. This game really just throws people at you to start. <laughs> yeah. Um, we, we have master Lee, who is our master at the school and we're immediately, put up as like the star pupil of master lee like here's this god it right away it's like you are the chosen one you are the, you You're have so a destiny special. ahead of you there's there are things you will do i feel like it eventually when it eventually gets around to telling you why you're special this game gets better but it definitely has the problem of telling you you are important without giving you good reason why to where they might as well just say like look we know that you're the main character of this game mm-hmm. <laughs> like the the npcs of this game are aware that there is a player presence and that you are the person who is in charge yeah essentially um uh i and then it it poses up so like Gao the Lesser is kind of our immediate villain in this chapter. Uh, just an absolute 
irredeemable shit heel. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like they went out of their way to make this dude suck in every way that they can make this dude suck. Um, He's, he's like, he's mean. He hates you. I mean, all the students, like I, student Lynn ended up being one of my favorites because she's just this absolute gossip monger who talks shit and like spills tea and is just messy and lives for the drama and i love student lynn it's the best <laughs> character in this game yeah um uh, but um like even even students who are like oh you're the star pupil oh la di da they're not as bad as gal who's like i'm gonna go hit on dawn star your best friend and make passes at her and try to offer her money to have her hand in betrothal and all that you should love me because i'm gal the lesser dude gal the lesser ain't even a, like a cool name yeah. you're literally like short selling yourself in your title <laughs> I, uh, I i have a feeling because because it's i can't remember what he's he's what's his dad's name gal the greater is is it gal the greater, gal the greater. Yeah. yeah which is funny <laughs> but i have a feeling that it's um it's 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 kind of like a maybe they should have said it better by calling themselves like Gao the Junior, Gao the Senior, like Gao Junior, Gao Senior, that kind of stuff. But again, I I get the feeling they are do they 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 are, they are using the word greater and lesser because it gives uh I have to say like like a more Oriental vibe to be quite honest. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean that that was gonna be the next thing I was gonna bring up is that even early on when we're talking to like. Uh, when we go to talk to Gujin, uh, because we quickly find out that bandits are attacking and we need to defend the town. Um, and, you know, it's that's we're doing one of those things. We're doing an RPG quest where bandits are attacking the town. Uh, we go talk to, to Gujin and get weapons. And he starts out by speaking in a language that our characters our characters clearly understand but uh is obviously not one that any of us here know because it's a completely made up language called uh i don't think they've actually said it in games so i'm assuming it's it's thofan but um I think it's... or is it tofan uh, actually i don't think it's tofan that sounds not right <laughs> yeah. but so thofan like it's it's a made up language it's it's we there's actually there were a lot of pieces about it at the time where um i think the quote ken that you dropped in here is that bioware wanted to avoid using chinese or other asian languages that might shackle their invented universe to actual historical events and i feel like this right here is the seed that starts to sprout a lot of the things that make me uncomfortable with jade empire which is that um it feels like already the universe is at odds with itself because it wants to be a fantasy universe you know there are things going on here that like i'm sitting here and i'm like oh wow this is really reminding me of journey to the west right now this is they're they're doing sun wukong stuff and all that and you know here's this great staff that has comet stuff in it and i'm like okay cool but then they also just want it to be a fantasy as well and to live in this universe that is not of our world um and i think that just leads you down the dark path of creating things that are riffing on real world concepts of what we have but then turning them into a fantasy and falling into a lot of bad tropes and stereotypes because of it um how 
I don't want to just say like, how are we feeling about the cultural appropriation at this point, y'all? <laughs> um, how like, what are our thoughts on this kind of like the 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 thofon and and the the fake language and just kind of this from very early on the way it's like, okay, we're doing fantasy Asia where we're going to kind of collect all of what we have of our ideals of what Asia and I feel like specifically China. I feel like there's a lot of Chinese things in this. But it also just feels like a collection of a lot of just Asian ideas under one fantasy banner. Yeah, so um, the the whole language thing was a bit weird because um, I I don't understand. I still don't understand why they would use up a a a, a made up uh so called like a Asian language, um, which is funny mm-hmm. because when I was reading through the 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 piece that that Ken just shared. Um, they did say that um, they, I, I don't know, do they want to have like an Asian-inspired language, but it's still not quite Asian or something? And it's it's funny because um, I think the guy who who actually came up with this language, I don't think he's Asian, so which is even funnier. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, mm-hmm. And I, like I said, I don't really understand the the the. the I mean, why can't they just use Chinese, right? Because um. Right. Mm-hmm. There, there are there are many other games that came up after Jade Empire that um, uses like that that set in Asia, for instance, like um, Sleeping Dogs, which I really Dude. love. Yeah, I love Sleeping Dogs. Yes. That game is so good. Yeah, and, and, and it's so good. <laughs> like, like, and in the background, you can actually hear it's 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 you can feel the authentic authenticity of 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 that game because like in the background, you hear you actually hear people speaking Cantonese, which which is amazing mm-hmm. to hear, to be quite honest, and then, um, and then I've 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 also been spending I've actually been spending quite a bit of time playing some um, I will call it um, there's there's this genre of uh, they they call it Chinese fantasy games, which is basically called Xianxia, and it's it's basically oh. like it's basically like Wuxia, um the fighting uh, the martial arts genre, but with fantasy, so it's 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 I mean, if you put it in more Western terms, it's a little bit like Lord of the Rings, but Chinese, but Chinese version, mm-hmm. so to speak. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, a lot of these games are actually set like obviously they are, f- are fantastical, but they mm-hmm. also uses like like it's it's the, the the language used is obviously Chinese. They don't make up a new language. So, um, yeah. I have a feeling that they decided to only make up this language because they kind of don't want to be like. Like if somebody said that they're being racist and stuff, they'd be like, "Oh, but you know, right. this is not even Chinese. You know, this is not even this is not even Asia. Right. This is it's it's it's, mm-hmm. it's it's a fantasy world. It's not even a real place. So, kind it, it's kind uh it, it feels like a way to for them to say things like um yeah um we we aren't being racist if this is not based off a real culture or a real religion, so to speak, which right. is obviously not true. Yeah. Yeah, and um. So the, the edition of Jade Empire that I have uh, came with like a, a, a bonus disc that had a G4 documentary of like the making of Jade Empire and throwback. <laughs> yeah. So it was like, uh, for those that might not know what G4 is, that was, I mean, they're back now. So like, it, it, they're kind of like back in like the conversation right now, but it was at, at the time a video game related uh, TV channel that had like various programming of like reviews and you know basically what you think of like modern day IGN is like what G4 was back then Mm -hmm. um 
And so, like, they had, you know, they had this, like, making of episode of Jade Empire, and it was, like, that was the moment, like, not that I didn't already realize this, but, like, it really was apparent to me, like, when the entirety of, like, the Bioware team that was talking was a bunch of white guys, and, like, very much, like, talking about, you know, all their influences for making this game, that, like, like they were very much, like, a fan of, like, an aesthetic and, like, a, uh, a perception mm-hmm. of these things, and then wanted to make a game based on that, but also, like, give themselves the safety of not making it actually about anything real. Um, and I feel like that, I think it speaks to, like, how far, like, the critical examination of video games is that, like, they probably got away with that and where they probably would not now. So I think, like, uh-huh. we, like people talk about, like, how OJ oh, Empire was this outlier in Bioware, and, like, oh, they should go back and make a sequel. Like, I don't think people realize how fraught the idea of, like, a Jade Empire 2 would be in 2021. And, uh, like, it, it was beyond parody. Just, like, literally, there were, like, no Asian people showed up in that documentary. Like, it was... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I just... <laughs> it, I, it, it's, a weir- it's a really bizarre thing to, like, go back to this game and, like, realize... You know, like, older now, like, than well, it was back then. Like, realize, like, I was not <laughs> clearly not equipped at the time to, like, really process what this game was mm-hmm. and uh now that i am i'm just like uh like, the game is very suspect to me in that way now i i feel like you know i i was joking with ken before we started this episode that i was wondering how many times ghost of Tsushima was going to get mentioned <laughs> while we were talking because that that feels like the most obvious recent comparison to draw to is like sucker punch going out and making a game that is obviously like they they wanted to make something that was very reminiscent of samurai film and and wanting to capture that aesthetic but where i think there um there was a lot of discussion around it at the time but they still went for like they they didn't want to make a fantasy world necessarily i mean i think in the the legends thing or whatever they start going into the actual mythology and all that but even in the base game like they're very much making a samurai game that is set in japan in that area and here the desire to want to create it as a fantasy world but still incorporate all these things that are very idiomatic of asia in the in our real world and i think the one that really drives it home is um i've tried to stay largely unspoiled um but one of the things i do know is that there's a character later in this game who is kind of supposed to be this um foreigner conqueror conquistador sort of character um not conquistador um but he wears armor that reminds me of it um it's like sir sir Wigglebottom or something ken you know who i'm talking about right the it's been, been so long i might have forgotten yeah it's there there's like there's like a a conqueror type character who shows up and he's i i remember it because he's voiced by john cleese uh i think uh, and uh his whole thing is that he shows up and he's like, Oh, I'm here to help correct the backwards culture of this place with my superior culture. And he's supposed to be a caricature of like the colonizing characters of the time. And, you know, he ends up obviously just being a doofus and all that. Um, and not really knowing what he's doing, but, uh, even just having a concept like that is so obvious of what, (laughs) like real world stuff is that it's it's like hey you know what you're doing you're creating something that the real world recognizes and understands and we we understand and it 
it's like later on, you know, when we were talking in Bioware in, in Dragon Age Inquisition, when they had French in that game, like French words in that game, right. when France doesn't exist in that game. It's it's like the same thing, but whereas there it was like, oh, that's kind of funny, you know, they do creme de la creme, but they don't really have that phrase necessarily. Um, here it's like, this is the entire basis for your fantasy world, is pretending that it's not related to real world Asia, but then using all the real world right. tropes of the, of the kind. And it's, uh, and, and I would like to add something before we continue. And which is, Absolutely. which I find yeah. really, really hilarious. It's like, um, you know, like whenever you, you interact with something or, or when you level up or when you open up a scroll, you will hear this, like mm-hmm. this gong sound. I'm, I'm not sure whether you guys noticed it. And I thought that was, <laughs> that was the funniest thing ever. It's, 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 it's such a, like when you hear the gong sound, you, it, it's such a, it's such an oriental, um, mm. sound effect to put in. It's, it's so hilarious and it's, 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 it's damn hilarious. Like, I, I just don't know how to, don't know how to put it. And, and it's little things like that where like they even have like sometimes in, in the background where they, they, they kind of have a little bit of like, um, like, you know, those, those atmospheric sounds or like, um little bit of like a like like the soundtrack in the background and the music was there's no other way to to, to put it but like um, it, it feels very it feels unnecessarily over the top it's it's, it's just mm-hmm. hilarious and it, it's these things that, that really like stuck out to me like every time i level up i'll hear this like gong sound it really reminds me of like like you know back here in in singapore when, when we celebrate like lunar lunar new year and we, we will have usually we just play a lot of like like a lot of uh, New Year uh, Ch- uh, Chinese New Year songs, and and mm-hmm. those songs will have a lot of like gongs sound and it's it's just very gaudy and very it's it just it's just extremely jarring to me. I just thought it was really really funny. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I I just yeah. I just cannot take that. <laughs> and, and the weird thing for me is like. So this this early part that we have here where we kind of fight through the bandits and we're working with Dawnstar, who is our kind of best pal who can also speak to spirits, apparently. Um, we're, we're fighting through a bunch of bandits and we get to this pirate ship where they're firing cannons at the beach. And by the way, that this whole combat encounter sucked, by the way, <laughs> this mm-hmm. with the cannons and stuff. I was like... Yeah. Ugh, um, because it was basically like an instant kill if you got hit by it, and I was like, neat, cool. This is a fun thing to put at the very beginning of your game, and then they introduce the idea of these spirit enemies that this dude raises from the dead, and then you fight them, and your master comes in and breaks the pirate boat and fights the the bad guy for you and takes him out in a couple hits because he's super awesome and you can punch through a pirate boat because he's super awesome. Also, weird jarring cuts between cutscenes that were obviously like higher res and yeah. and like dialogue happening in the way that dialogue happens in this game and then a cut to like this very low res uh cutscene which is obviously you know another artifact of us playing this in the modern day right. but these these dialogue like the world looks better than it does in cutscenes the cutscenes look really like ancient it reminds me of a Blizzard game. If you go back and play like StarCraft, this is this is what StarCraft. I think StarCraft one actually looked better in my opinion. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's this. It's it's all this like very 
tropey, over the top, little like there's nothing really here for me to care about. Yeah. Essentially, I was like for most for like the first hour of the 2 hours I spent playing this chapter, I was sitting here like why do I care about any of this? This right. is I do not care about any of this. And then once I feel like once we got through this section and finally the master was like, "Okay, look, uh shit's gone down. Things have happened. Uh I need to tell you some things. Let's go let's go back to the uh the place um the word i can't the school there we go i got there um let's go back to the school and uh let's uh, let's talk because uh, clearly we need to talk once once we got to that part things start happening and i'm like oh cool i i care about this stuff this is actually interesting hey gao's actually like he's still a shit heel but he's actually an interesting shit heel now and not just an annoying villain that they need to put in because they needed some level of antagonism in this game um once things start moving in this game and the story gets going, I feel like it's got an idea and it rolls with yeah. it. But man, the first hour is just a mess, just a damn mess. Oh, and I also wanted to add that the name Dawnstar, it's it's very it's yeah, it's very it's very troopy. It's very um, it's very stereotypical. Uh, it's it's it feels like a name given to a Chinese person by someone who is not Chinese. Yeah. <laughs> Right. Uh, okay. Yeah. It's yeah. Right. <sighs> yeah. It's yeah. Um, we're, <laughs> we're, we'll fraught. get to that in a moment too, because that was that was the moment where I was like, oh yeah, they would name the spiritual character Dawn Star. Okay, like they that sounds like in hey look, it's the newest addition to the MCU, Dawn Star. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, it's there was another character later on that I I have a bit more feelings about we'll we'll get to them but um we we head on back to the school and of course gao is making a stink again because gao's we also there's a fight that you can run into optionally where you you find gao's men because apparently gao has men um and i feel like i didn't learn this right away and i kind of learned it in retrospect after i was like oh i think i need to be talking to some of these side characters because they seem to have put all the exposition in this game and optional dialogue with side characters uh but gao the lesser is this obviously son of gao the greater and the the impression that you get early on is that gao the greater is this um ruling type character who probably owns land and people and stuff is very powerful and is also kind of an asshole um and so Gao the Lesser was sent to the school, uh, both to learn how to fight from Master Lee and also just to potentially become less of an asshole. Obviously, that's not working, but um, <laughs> we can find some of his men hanging around drunk, and they make some comments about Dawnstar where they're like, oh, this is the one that Gao was talking about. Oh, she's not that hot and stuff. It's like, Great. okay. And then. You know, you can beat up the drunk dudes and then go talk to Gal and be like, hey, thanks for all the help. Your men were getting drunk and harassing people instead of saving the town and all that. And he's like, I felt they deserved a reward for being my men, I guess. Or something like, they just go out of their way to make this dude an asshole in ways that I was like, I don't think you need to. Especially when I feel like his later characterization is better. But, um we we have a one-on-one fight with gao to kind of finally settle our differences um 
and during this fight it's it's hinted at lee is like hey don't use any of the stuff that your dad taught you that's not allowed in my arena and then once you beat gao uh you kind of bow and you're like okay that's it and then as you're walking away gao tries to turn around and like shoot you in the back with a fireball um like ryu (laughs) and um and the master jumps in and blocks it and that was kind of the moment where i was like okay we have spirits and we're going to have magic in this game too neat this this is where this game kind of starts to go real wild with its shit (laughs) um like we we had him we talked to master lee master lee's look i gotta tell you some stuff uh i used to actually be the emperor's brother and i organized the siege of your people's like your the main character's people's uh home and you are the last surviving person because i got regret halfway through all the murder and such and i ran off with you and an amulet and you're probably special because of that (laughs) and um gao hears that and runs off and then we go into a cave find the amulet discover we have spirit powers essentially we are the last of the um spirit monk i believe it is Mm -hmm. um and things are out of balance and we need to bring balance back and it's like okay cool we have a story now we have a larger broader thing but i guess to, to to start out with all of this um this was kind of the part where i was starting to see what this game is like the ideas that they're starting to establish And I was like, okay, cool. I'm starting to enjoy this. I don't know if y'all felt that way at all, but how were we kind of feeling once we actually get some story and exposition in this thing? As we can start with Ken, because I feel like Ken is is itching for takes. (laughs) (laughs) I um, I I don't really know yet because like I even like so we we meet this like spirit woman. I we ask who she is. Like she won't tell us who she is. She won't tell us why she's there. Like she's like, oh, I forgot the spirit lady. Oh, I forgot the spirit lady. <laughs> yeah, well, she's like, I don't have like the strength to tell you answer the question that you asked, but I will have I have the strength to tell you all this other shit. And so like there there is like that weird like sort of like artificial like mm-hmm. uh, putting the carrot in front of us, and that's that's fine. That's um, it's a fucking video game. Fine. Um, so like I I, I do like that, that that I mean both in terms of that, but also, like, what is about to happen. They they are starting... I almost feel like that should have been the start of the game. That should have been, like... Or, I don't know, like, because they, they... They spend so long telling us that we're special that, like, by the time, that, like, I got to the point where I was going to learn why, I was almost, like, jaded at the idea. Like, kind of, the format of the story that they had written was just not compelling me in the way that, like, even... Even by this point of, like, say, Mass Effect 1, like, they had done a, a good job by, you know, the first hour establishing who Shepard was and why they mattered in the grand theme of things. And then they could build on it in, like, things like the Prothean Beacon, like, make him bigger uh-huh. naturally as opposed to just constantly telling me that I'm very important and that I'm destined for great things. So I, I, I kind of just feel like the uh, the way in which they went about telling the story right now has not jived with me in a way that has endeared me to it going on but once they start establishing some more personal stakes with things that are about to come um i feel like i've kind of caught on more and like latched onto things in a way that uh felt like i was lacking up to that point Mm -hmm. how did you kind of feel about all the you know learning your character's past and the the amulet and the spirit monk stuff um honestly like 
I mean, when to me, when it comes to when it comes when it comes to the, the you know my the, the main character's history and and all that kind of stuff, it's it is not um it's honestly mm. not terribly fascinating to me. I'm like when it when it mm. I I think the f- I I do think that Jade Empire is it's a fun game to play. Like I had fun uh, <laughs> playing the game, but mm-hmm. the fun definitely didn't come from the story so like right. I, I i just i just kind of enjoyed like looking around and and talking to people and things like that mm. and the, the whole history about you know myself and and you know all the other all the kind of all, all the other stuff is it's i mean it's 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 really cliche and it's it's not that mm. terribly exciting I I, mm. I I do think like like other things about the game itself it's more interesting like I think the side quest is a little bit more interesting, for instance, and there are mm. there are certain things, um, there are certain scenes that they are genuinely funny, <laughs> yeah, and and um, the main story really doesn't like it. It is really not for me. So I most of the time I just kind of like ignore it, and I'm like, oh okay, I, I guess there's right. one amulet, one piece of the amulet file I found. So. Yeah, I'm. I, I I have an amulet now. Now I guess I need to find like three more pieces or something like that. Which okay, yeah, it is. Mm-hmm. I don't pay much attention to it to be quite honest. Yeah, it's it it is weird because um, I was finally feeling like okay, finally we've got story. I've got something to care about. But then immediately it feels like they they yank that away and they're like, okay, well back to a different thing now. Um. Dawnstar has been kidnapped. We need to go. And and that was the weirder part is, you know, initially I was like, okay, cool. Ancient quests, like spirits. We're, we learned magic. We finally learned how to shoot ice from our hands and stuff. This is neat. Um, but then once we got into the actual story again, and it was like, okay, Dawnstar has been kidnapped. Gao was seen uh, carrying a human-shaped sack out of the town. <laughs> so that seems suspicious. And also, he straight up murdered a kid, um, just like mm. shot a fireball at somebody. And I, man, yeah, <laughs> I want to. At, at some at some point, I maybe this is not the time. Maybe you know, a few minutes from now is the time when we get into a different story beat. But this game starts out very much seeming like it's going to be, hey, cool, we're doing you know like ancient you know, essentially ancient China where everyone knows, uh, you know, everyone here knows different martial arts and stuff. And then, okay, well, I guess there's magic now. And then later on, they're like, okay, I guess there's also steampunk technology now. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, there was, there were points in this game where I was like, wait, did everybody know that fireballs were a thing except for my character? Was I the only one who didn't know that fireballs were a thing? Mm. Um, but as we, proceed out of town and start chasing after Dawnstar. Um, this was actually the part where I started to care about the story because I was like, okay, we're starting to get into <clears throat> different characters. We're starting to talk about their motivations. We're starting to actually discuss things that are not just ancient quest, magic powers, punch through pirate boat. Like, I, I feel like this game... As Kihun was saying, like I feel like this game, when you get into the stuff where you're just talking to people and living in the world, it 
it just works a lot better than the yep. parts where they try to be like, hey, here's ancient fantasy quest. And uh, I, I, I don't know. It's uh, show well, me personal stakes instead of insisting that they are there. Yes. Yeah. That's what I was. That's what I was looking for. It's I hmm, we're, I feel like this is going to be a drum that we hit the entire season. But <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, as we follow our way through uh the town and into the swamp which apparently there's a swamp um uh we which is apparently the only way that you can get out of the town uh the structure of this game by the way like it's there's something about this town where i was sitting there the whole time going like where are they getting things from (laughs) where who who do they don't think think about it that hard yeah i know i just had moments where i was like where do where does this town's goods come from and things like that um anyways uh we we get to the swamp and we meet our second follower which i guess we haven't really talked about the idea of followers um rather than having a party like in other bioware games you just have one follower who kind of just hangs out with you and you can talk to them all the time and they kind of do their own thing in fights you know you can heal them and things like that but for the most part it seems like your follower is just kind of there to do cool stuff in the vicinity of you mm. um Dawnstar died a lot when i when i was playing like Dawnstar mm. would take like three hits and be out for the fight whereas our new our new follower uh sagacious zoo um he's a little bit tougher you know he's he's immediately from the outset he's this character who uses a big staff um and and is a, he's much tougher he's got scars and stuff like that he's seen shit and i i actually went to go look up what sagacious meant because i was like oh that's a cool word i haven't like heard that in a long time what is and it it just means like essentially sage like like having shown having or showing keen mental discernment and good judgment slash shrewd thank you dictionary.com but um we kind of just get another follower to hang out with us and we start going through the swamps and and fighting bandits to know of and stuff. somehow like that's some, that's like a thing that yeah they oh I've, imply. yeah I, I was going to mention that later but yes um <laughs> because uh, throughout this whole beginning area he keeps making references like he's going to walk away from you and the second you say dawn star he's like oh wait a minute maybe i'm going to help you out maybe i'm going to work with you um and we we finally fight through all these mercenaries that are obviously not just bandits but they're mercenaries sent by gal the greater and you get this idea that something larger is happening and something's going down um Dawnstar apparently got away from Gal the Lesser and ran off into a cave that is filled with fantasy monsters. <laughs> and now I'm at the point where I'm like, okay, at this point we've seen a fireball. We've not officially seen yet, but we have seen in the background a like steampunk plane. And also we run into this cave and now there are giant toad monsters and shit and i beat up a toad and i learned how to fight like the toad from the toad and this game just feels so messy in the way it builds its world Mm. (laughs) like like they were just throwing stuff at the wall and being like oh that looked cool yeah sure let's do this um ken Mm -hmm. Does it ever get more tonally consistent, or is it like this the whole damn time? <laughs> uh, it's gonna get way more wild. So, 
Oh, strap in, Awesome. Fantastic. Kihun, how are we feeling about the fantasy stuff at this point once we're actually fighting, like, giant toad monsters and spirits and throwing fireballs and shit? I think, like, like, I mean, these things are actually, like, I I don't find it, um, I don't particularly find it very wild because um, if you look at it, like, 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 Chinese or uh, Taoist um, mythologies, there is there is really a lot of like um, you, you, like we get gods and we get deities and stuff um, who mm-hmm. are basically animals. Like, like like I think one of the one of the one of the gods of our version of hell, for instance, is this one of the gods is, is is this guy with with a head of a horse and mm. and things like that. So like the whole idea that you know you can tr- you can you can you can fight that toad monster and then transform the toad later it's it is really not that it is not something that it, i mean it's not that surprising to me it's actually like like if, if you talk about it from like a whole like a uh you know sincere genre uh, along that lines it's actually not so bad like i don't think it's particularly surprising to see things like that so to me it's like oh okay yeah and mm. and i mean if you, if you if you look at you know other like like typically in in usia kind of usia genre like you see all those like martial artists, they they usually like adopt a lot of like those animals, uh, animal stunts or animal um, mm. fighting styles, so to speak. So again, mm-hmm. I think this is just an extension of that. So I don't find it particularly mm. uh, wild in that sense. I I do find mm. it pretty pretty interesting actually. But it is, I mean, to me, it's if they are really like trying to go for the whole fantasy vibe. I think it's. I, it, it is it is it is there um it is not too wild it's it's really there yeah mm-hmm. yeah yeah like <clears throat> i think the thing that i just keep hitting with it um is is that it does feel like they they had these ideas like like you were saying you know they're clearly inspired by like fantasy works and and, and stuff like that it just it really feels like and, and maybe this is just because it is the beginning of the game and we're supposed to not know a lot about the world yet we're supposed to be discovering all this alongside the main character but it it seems to really go from okay you know you're having a martial arts fight in a practice ring with another one of the students to you are fighting a toad monster in a cave that is apparently a completely normal thing that everyone is like totally chill with really fast like it turns that Mm -hmm. i feel like there was not a build-up to it and and maybe this is just because you know i i feel like the exposition of this game is rushed or something but i feel like there's there are moments in this where it wants to be a more grounded fantasy and then moments where it wants to turn the dial the complete opposite way and go back and forth and i think that's where i'm feeling like just this tonal dissonance is um you have and maybe that's a Bioware thing is that it wants to have these like character stories that are very personal and stuff like that. Because I think the actual, once we catch up to Gao the Lesser and we find out kind of why he was doing all this. And it was because um, he knew that there was something that was going to happen to the village and he kidnapped Dawnstar to get Dawnstar out of the village. And he's like, I was doing you a favor. I wanted to save you from all this. Um, and even even after that, once we kind of get the implication that maybe Gao was not responsible for what eventually happens to the village, he just gained knowledge of what happens and all that. Um, 
that might change as the story goes on. That was just my impression of it. But we suddenly have this character who is still an absolute asshole, but they're trying to give him some sort of reasoning and logic to the things he's doing. I'm like, okay, I'd, now I'm starting to understand a little bit of what they're going for. Sagacious Zoo has some stuff going on that's pretty interesting that we'll get into in a moment. Um, like, they have these really interesting character moments that are a lot more grounded, and maybe that's where I'm just feeling dissonance is they rapidly go from let's have this moment where we talk about our feelings and stuff to, oh, we're going to fly a steampunk <laughs> flyer ship through the air. Mm-hmm. Um, and we do... So I I one-on-one fought Gao in the cave. Same. I was like, this is this is between us. We're going to throw down here. Uh, did did either of all y'all use the uh, the followers to help out? No, I, I one on one as well. I was like, I you one on one. This is this is personal at this point. Uh huh. Kihun, did you? Yeah, no, like, I got Zoo to help me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I was like, um, oh, someone's gonna fight me. I'm not gonna do this alone. <laughs> Fair. Um, we we take him out, and also it like they basically imply that you kill him. Which was yeah. the other weird part for me because I think up to that point they had been maybe implying that like oh you are just beating dudes up and that you know death might exist in this world because the bandits you fight disappear you know it's not like you beat the bandits up and they run away they just kind of like fall to the ground and then disappear but I think this was the first time where I was like oh. I think I just killed a guy. <laughs> I think, mm. I think in universe and great. So I'm using the staff. Um, we didn't talk about weapon styles much, um, but when you go to visit Gujin earlier in the game, um, you can choose either the staff or the blade as your weapon style of choice. And I went with the staff. I kind of regret it. I don't know if I really like the staff. I think I might've should have maybe gone with the sword. Um, did either of y'all go with the sword? Yeah, I may have the sword. Yeah, I got stuff. <sighs> yeah, I love it. <laughs> I love yeah, the sword. <laughs> I use it all the time. I don't. I really use it all the time. I'm I'm bummed because I was I picked the staff and I put points into it and later on I was like you know I'm not really feeling the staff and I went to go talk to Gujin and he was like, well yeah I can give you the sword but uh you put points into the staff already and you're gonna lose those if you swap over. And I was like, really, video game? You're not just going to let the points... Mm. Like, you make this big deal about, oh, oh, don't worry, you can switch at any time, and it'll be totally cool. And then I come back, and it's like, oh, by the way, you invested, like, four points into this. So now you suddenly don't have those. You won't have those anymore. You will have lost permanent progression in this game if you choose to switch now. And I was like, neat. Guess I'm stuck with a thing I don't like then. <laughs> um, but that aside, that, w- that was the point where I was like, okay, you know, I fight with my fists and my my staff, so I'm not lethal. And then they're talking after the fight, and they all start talking about Gal the Lesser in the past tense and stuff. And I'm like, wait, did I murder him? Did I kill this dude? I thought I just beat him up. Um, but that's where we realize that something's going on and we should probably head back to the village, even though Sagacious Zoo says, eh, maybe don't, maybe just walk away. Maybe don't get involved. Don't do it. Probably a bad idea. Um, we still hop into a flyer 
uh, and take off after the many, many flyers that are attacking the village. And we get into what is easily the most bizarre segment of this game. (laughs) What the fuck? (laughs) No one, no one told me that there's like an what, what is it 1944 or 1948 or something that the old school game where you're playing the the fighter pilot and you're kind of just moving around on the top down so i mean there's like modern ones like ikaruga and stuff like that but that's like a bullet hell game whereas this is more just like really old school like top down shooter thing in the middle of a bioware rpg can you can can you imagine if they did this with Mass Effect? <laughs> if if every time you flew, combat. yeah, if every time you flew to a new planet, you suddenly played like a Star Fox segment mm. <laughs> with the Normandy. <laughs> That's what this is, and mm. they're like, "Oh, hey, you you need health." That you killed that bomber, and now you can go pick up the health pickup in in minute like i was i was kind of okay with suspending my disbelief with the orbs that enemy enemies drop that like give you back key or give you back focus or give you back um uh like health i was like okay you know those those things like maybe you get some chi back from like you know you've refound your magic while fighting or something like you regain focus by beating an enemy i can kind of see the justification for that but this one it's like hey you blew up that plane and now you can get a weapon pickup that makes you shoot more and i was like what the hell is this game it's it's silly (laughs) it's like it it is like one of the weird i mean in the grand scheme of things a lot of it it does kind of own to be fair it does kind of own i actually enjoy the segment it's just so totally weird yeah (laughs) i mean it's competent is what i put like it it's fine like it's it's something different, so it's cool. It's, it's, I'm fine with it. I was just not prepared for that at all. I knew, I knew coming into it because you had said something about mini games, and and like when you boot the game up, it's like play mini games. And so I was like, oh, I was thinking in my head like I had demoed Shenmue three back at E three when that was still a thing, and um. I was thinking like the mini games in Shenmue three. I was like, oh, it's probably going to make me do a training where I have to do certain stances or do like a timing mini game or something to to practice my martial arts because that's what Shenmue did uh I did not expect mini game to be top-down bullet hell shooter (laughs) (laughs) yeah that was that 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 was very that was very abrupt that was like yeah I did not expect that at all which is quite funny actually well, yeah. yeah, like I was just sitting there like laughing as I was playing this like I can't believe BioWare has done this. This is actually kind of amazing. Um but we touch back down and um oh by the way, I forgot to mention before we like get into what is kind of the end of this section. Um what magic did we all pick? Cuz I went ice. Can it sounds like you went ice as well? Yep. Yeah, I mean, uh, I I went with fire. Mm. oh perfect we've covered so ken and i picked exactly the same thing (laughs) and kihun is over here like i don't know i want to wield a sword and and fire that sounds cool (laughs) uh, 
living life over here while I'm just filled with uh, ice is fun. I think ice is all right. Mm -hmm. I'm not as disappointed with ice. I do feel like if I had gone with sword, fire would have made more sense. I feel like there there is an intrinsic binary built in there where it's like, hey, do you want to be the passive person that uses calm ice or do you want to be the sword and shoot fire? And like, I kind of wish I had the sword and I was shooting fire. I'm not going to lie. Um, <laughs> but we all make choices and we live with them. Um, we, we get to the village and... Uh, dudes are here there's there's all kinds of mess going down by the way um there was a side quest we could have done earlier here um where there was a student who was injured and i'm so sorry i forgot their name yes um, I, a... yeah i i couldn't finish the entire and i was like oh my god i lost that quest yeah <laughs> Yep. So I finished that quest. Uh, it's it's basically like you go talk to them. It's There was a student who was on lookout when the bandits attacked and they got injured when the bandits first struck. And you can talk to them later on uh, when they're in the school and they'll be like, oh yeah, you know, I'm injured, but um, I really want to get training again. Do you think you could get stuff to make a, to make like a poultice for me to get, you know, strong again? And you can then, you have to talk to Old Meng, who is this, kind of just this old dude who's hanging out on a beach next to a statue. He really likes the statue. It's totally normal. Don't worry about it. Um, And he'll be like, yeah, you know, there are two types of grass you could use for that. You know, you could use this one type of grass that's going to make a really good bandage. And it's going to have them able to fight right away and they'll be good. But you know, heads up, it's more expensive. Or when you talk to the merchant, who the merchant character, by the way, is hilarious. I forgot to mention. Uh, I also forgot his name because you kind of just get like 14 or 15 different names thrown at you in the span of like 10 minutes in this game. Um, but the the merchant character is really funny because he, he makes a joke at one point about how he doesn't like that Dawnstar got kidnapped. Or, or no, it's he doesn't like that Gao the Lesser murdered that random boy in the square because that's one less customer for him to sell stuff to and i was like okay you know what this guy's kind of funny (laughs) that's that's a funny joke to me is like oh man he can't believe he killed him i was gonna sell that dude stuff later (laughs) um but it old ming mentions that if you talk to this merchant he might try and sell you on this cheaper grass which is cheaper but will not do the job as effectively um if I, I went through and did the expensive option and even told the student, like, don't pay me back for it. This is on me because I just haven't been buying anything in this game. And not only do you get, do you unlock like a special training where you can get this secret technique that just bumps all your stats uh, from Smiling Mountain. But in this segment, if you did all of that, you will be running up and she will take out a bunch of the bandits or, or I guess like armed forces that are attacking the school and then save a bunch of the villagers and be like, Hey, we're taking off. Like, don't worry about us. You go take care of the school. Um, which is cool. I was like, Hey, that's, that's a cool thing. That's a very Bioware thing to do. Oh man. I missed Um, that. I missed all that. (laughs) So I, I did look it up because I was like, Oh, do they ever return? That was kind of cool. And I think the only thing you really get outside of the cutscene there 
is uh, later on, I think you meet like a relative of hers that's a merchant and they give you like a discount or something. So it's it's not like it's not like you miss a follower or anything like that. It's just, hey, we recognize that you did a side quest and we're going to do something cool for you because you engaged with the content. Good job. Um, which, which is all very neat. But then we run in and find that just about everyone in the school has been killed uh jing wu who was our our training partner at the beginning of the game is the last one alive and he he kicks the bucket pretty soon uh but before that he tells us like hey by the way uh there were other people here not just gao's men but like death's hand who is this evil looking dude in this like armor that's how does he describe it's like black armor that eats your soul or something and he's he's really poetic for being on death's door um but um he describes all these people that like came and attacked um and lee master lee went with them voluntarily uh hoping to avoid the slaughtering of all the students but that obviously did not help um and so we're like okay cool and we take off in our flyer to chase after them. And also, we learn uh, Sagacious Zoo is like, they're probably the Lotus Assassins. And I know that because I I was a former Lotus Assassin. Surprise! Um, so one of our followers is already potentially in league with evil. And as we fly off from the island, chase after the Lotus Assassins, a mysterious woman from... A vantage point of some kind watches us leave and that's how we end chapter one many many things much to think about much to um, yeah. <laughs> um so i will say like that's i i literally played all of this yesterday um it's it's still very fresh in my mind uh where i'm at with jade empire right now is that i'm looking forward to seeing where this story goes and kind of how these characters develop because i feel like there's the starting of stuff that's interesting um especially with sagacious zoo i i kept talking to dawnstar and i was not really digging a lot of dawnstar's story it's all very much like oh yeah i'm i've got mystery ghost powers it's kind of weird it's, it's but sagacious zoo i feel like has a more interesting story going on and has like some troubled past that i'm excited to explore and um i'm looking forward to seeing where this game goes but it just kind of feels like it's all over the place in the beginning and i don't feel like i have it like if i think about the way that like say kotor starts like kotor has a very similar start where it's like hey everything's going to shit gotta run away and all that but it gets through that very fast and then you're kind of in this planet trying to get through the quarantine and all that and it establishes itself much faster that way whereas here it felt like they tried to do even more they tried to make this even grander moment of betrayal and special chosen powers and everything where i just felt like it was it it just felt like it took too long to get to the point for me um Kihun, how at the end of chapter one, how are we feeling so far about Jade Empire? I um I agree with you that I think I think Zoo is probably the most interesting character mm-hmm. that I've seen mm-hmm. so far. Like honestly, I, I even feel that the main character themselves, like 
whoever you have chosen. Like, they're so boring. <laughs> it's right. like your responses are so terrible. Like, you're in. It's 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 kind of extreme in the way you you respond. Like if you're a nice guy, you you are you are polite to the point mm. of being ex- a bit distant, which is which which mm. is really annoying. It's just devoid of personality. Yeah. Or if you if you are evil, you, you you will say things like "Go away, peasant." Oh, I right. wish you would disappear. <laughs> or or lick my boots. Oh, yeah. it's it's right. it's just super boring and it's just. It's just it's just mm. really really it's just really dumb to be honest and and yeah Dawn Star is just like she's she's just a really boring character as well. On the other hand though, Zoo is like y- you can see that he has he, like he's not a bad guy but he's not great either. Like he's mm-hmm. he has yeah. a little bit of the whole uh, gray morality going on for him, which I find very interesting. And to be quite to be quite honest, I think yeah I'm. Probably like so far, he's probably like someone that I'm most intrigued by. Um, yeah. And as for like, to be honest, for the like the main just like I said earlier, the the, the main the main storyline, I'm completely not invested in it at all. I I'm right. I'm actually happier going through the the side quest and like um I think there was an earlier side quest where I think there was this lady who was asking you for help and she's like, hey, you know um. No, so this lady, this guy, sorry, this girl was asking for help, and he was like, "Hey, you know, my 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 dearest, I think my dearest, uh, I think Fun, yeah, Fun is missing." Yes. Uh, oh, I forgot I, about yeah, that. Yeah, I can't, yes. I, I can't find oh, her. That's like, so good. Yeah, and can you look for her? I miss her so much, and and you you go and find her, and you realize that Fun is actually like you you will be thinking that Fun is maybe his wife or his daughter or something, and that's why it was his prized cow. And mm-hmm. his wife was also lost, but he didn't mention it. And I thought, like, hands down, that was the best moment of the mm-hmm. entire chapter so far. It's it's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But it, that, it's, that it, was- yeah. And it's scenes like this, like, scenes and side quests like this, which is just, it, it makes the game so much funnier and so much more interesting than the, the main story where it's just like, you know, mm. people telling you you're so special, but you don't really feel it. Or, you know, other people telling you you're special, but you don't really feel it. And then, like, there's a lot of things that is very jarring about the game. Like, like you mentioned, like, tonally, it's, like, they introduce, like, so many wild things. And it's really, it, it, it gets a bit overwhelming, if not, if not unbelievable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I'm, I'm just... At this point of time, I'm just like, ah, I'm just going to explore the world. I'm just going to see what other side yeah. quests I can do. And honestly, that's just more interesting to me than the main storyline. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. I think for me at this point, it is kind of nice to be in semi-uncharted territory for the show because like, we did Mass Effect and Dragon Age were series that I have like very intimate knowledge of. And while I might have at one point in my life had that for Jade Empire, it is, those have gone away with time. Um, I feel like, like, like y'all were saying, like, I don't feel, like, a connection to my character in a way that I want to in a Bioware game, and, um, so part of me feels like I'm already examining all of this game at an arm's length that I haven't done before, um, and I think that's fine, like, I I think, just because, like, the things we talked about throughout this episode, like, the game feels fraught and suspect in a way that makes me, like, fine, not feeling necessarily immediately invested in it, 
But um, I, like you guys are talking about in the the side quest and like the more personal like grounded stuff that I think is more appealing to me now. Where like all the, like the kind of set dressing in this game is that is weird, like a, a fantasy version of like a real thing that made by people that maybe were not equipped to do that. Uh, mm-hmm. That might be an issue that I'm gonna have throughout. But I think in terms of like actual character writing that Bioware has always kind of excelled in, I I think I'm hoping that that will grab me as I go forward with all these characters. Because, like, we only have... We've met, like, two out of, I think, 12 companions that you can meet and, like, you can have in this game. So, like, th- yeah. there's, like, a lot of people that we have yet to meet that might give me something to latch onto, which I'm eager to meet that way. Yeah. That's that's kind of, like, the note that I want to leave it on, is that I think after all that's happened in Chapter 1, I'm eager for this game to slow down take its time introduce me to the characters a little bit spend a little time delving into just you know what is life like for the average people in this world you know Mm -hmm. that's kind of where i'm at where you know i've got this idea of okay there's assassins and death's hand and magic and all this but like what is life like for you know as as kihun was talking about there's the the bit with that dude and his wife and his his prize cow and it's like i want to kind of see the world from their perspective a little bit now and get some more of that. And I'm hoping yep. that in chapter two, which will be our next episode, uh, we'll be getting into some of that. Um, that's all for this week. Once again, we are Norm DFM, a retrospective podcast. Uh, we have a Patreon, patreon.com slash Norm DFM, where you can head over and support us. You can help boost the things that we do, uh, keep server costs running, uh, help Ken afford buying Jade Empire twice because that's mm. apparently what he had to do. <laughs> love that for me. Um, as as always, we love to shout out the folks on the on the uh, the backers who who back us at certain levels. Obviously, that is changing a little bit. There will be an episode actually before this one, so if you're listening to this now, you will have heard uh, all of the changes already. But uh i did want to do one more shout out for the lovely patrons at home who backed us at certain levels uh during the previous seasons of normandy fm so kevin kulikowski chris johns alice hawk colin just colin just zach mickle the wedge of destiny and will bang okay thank you all so much uh be sure that if you did not go back and listen to that previous podcast uh that you make sure and make time to do that uh because there are some changes to our patreon and to the structure uh that we will be doing that will be all kinds of interesting stuff to break down well folks for ken for kihoon for all of us here i guess we'll see you next time on normal bff